0: Hello everyone, welcome to Pages of HR. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, Lead Editor at HR Daily Advisor. This podcast provides insightful conversations about HR-related books with the writers who create them. And by the end of these conversations, we hope that you'll have actionable insights for your business, best practices to tap, and new information to ponder. Today, I'm super excited to be joined by Ryan Jenkins, co-founder of LessLonely.com, a resource for addressing workplace loneliness and creating more belonging at work. Ryan is also a generations expert, and for the past decade, he's helped organizations optimize generational dynamics, lessen worker loneliness, and prepare for the future of work. Along with Stephen Van Cohen, also co-founder of LessLonely.com, Ryan recently co-wrote and published Connectable, How Leaders Can Move Teams from Isolated to All-In. It's the world's first book to address workplace loneliness. Ryan, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Bianca. Looking forward to this conversation.
0: Absolutely. I'm super excited. I'm super excited. Um, So we're just going to dive right into this, Ryan. Uh, Now, I read that after learning Gen Z was the loneliest generation, you decided to write this book to create more belonging at work. Can you talk about that a bit, please?
1: Yeah, so my last book was all about generation z so i spent a decade uh, unpacking the emerging generations for different for, for organizations and companies so that they could better attract lead and engage and yeah you're right i stumbled across the the data point that over 70% of gen z says that they experience loneliness frequently and i thought that was very troubling and i wanted to do something about it i wanted to try to figure out what we could do that was all pre-pandemic so i started unpacking loneliness and Putting together programs for some of my clients, and then the pandemic hit, and I started bringing all the content, uh, this loneliness content and research, to my clients, thinking, I don't know, are people going to want to talk about this finally? And I, to be honest, I didn't think they would because loneliness has been shrouded in shame, and humans, we've just, we've just hid it in a dark corner and haven't wanted to talk about it, but. The, co- you know, the pandemic, finally, the curtain has been pulled back and folks seem ready to talk about it. Everybody wanted to talk about it. And so there was such an appetite for it. I knew I had to go deeper in the topic. And that kicked off some of the the original research that we did. We were interviewed over 2,000. Uh, we surveyed over 2,000 global workers. And then we condensed it all in the book, Connectable.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And of course, Connectable, it it can help people learn everything they need to know about how to strengthen teams right during this time. And that's more important than ever.
1: Yeah. So we, I mean, it's, it's the first book that I know that really addresses workplace loneliness head on. And so it's really broken down into three parts. The first part is around loneliness. What is loneliness? The science around loneliness is really new because again, even neuroscientists have been ignoring the topic. It's only until recently that we really understand how detrimental loneliness is to our physical health and our mental health. So we unpack that and we show how loneliness is impacting work specifically because it's hindering our performance as well at work. And then the second part of the book is belonging. So the antidote to loneliness is belonging. So we unpack what is belonging, why is it so important? And then the third part of the book is specific strategies. So we've created a four-part framework to help folks understand and address loneliness at work and the result – when you address and lessen loneliness at work it, it creates stronger teams and more belonging and so that's the book soup to nuts and we're really excited the book uh hit number 7 on the Wall Street Journal so it's struck a chord and hopefully it'll strike a chord with with your audience as well
0: absolutely and congratulations on that i'm sure that, i'm sure that it will of course right now for me that four part framework would you mind identifying those four parts
1: yeah so the fir- it, there's four parts and it's a as you can imagine the Model is a circle because, you know, when it comes to our connections with others, it's an ongoing process. We don't connect with someone once and then our well being is boosted forever. We have to consistently uh, connect to recharge and we're all sources of well being for each other. And so that's why it's a circle. We're going to always have to be connecting. But the first one is to look at loneliness, right? That's to, the idea is to understand it. And to, to so first you gotta assess in yourself how what are my levels of loneliness and then look outward look towards your team because what's the tricky thing about loneliness is you go inward if you're experiencing loneliness we tend to start retreating and distrusting others and you you can spiral downward very quickly and so why it's important that we all even if you don't experience loneliness yourself uh, well that's not true because it's a universal human condition <laughs> so we all experience it but if you don't experience it to a higher degree as others then it's important for you to understand what loneliness looks like. So you can identify someone that's alienating or being isolated and you can pull them back into the the tribe or the team. So it's, you know, we're only as unified as our loneliest member on our team. So it's, it's all of our roles to be engaged and helping one another. So the first step is look at loneliness. Second step is to invest in connection. And so in the book, we, we look at how do we, how do we first create psychological safety? That's kind of the bedrock as it relates to, creating environments where people can really engage and, and connect in authentic ways. Then the third step is uh, to narrow the focus. What people, I think, get wrong about loneliness is they think it's the absence of people, and it's not. Loneliness is the absence of connection. So you could be in a crowded room or a crowded office and still be feel very lonely and isolated because you don't have strong connections with those that you're surrounded by. Conversely, someone that's working remotely They might have really strong connections to their, to their work or their manager or their team members. And they, even though they're, they're uh, alone in their home office, they still might not experience loneliness like that person in the crowded office. So again, loneliness isn't the absence of people. It's the absence of connection. And one of the big connection pieces is to be connected to your work and to have clarity in what it is that you're doing and why it's important. So that's that step. There is how do you gain more clarity? How do you connect yourself to the work itself? Because again, it's not the the absence of people; it's the absence of connection. And one of those connections is your connection to, to to the work that you're doing. And the final step is to kindle the momentum. So you know, again, this is something that you have to keep at. And we have to things that are working well. We need to make sure that we maintain it because don't have any guardrails or a framework as it relates to loneliness. We will continue to drift away from each other. So that's what's happening now is we're we're drifting. Uh, away, and our, the the social fabric is fraying because there's we're we're uh, just moving towards convenience, and there's we identify six connection derailers. So I'm sorry, eight connection derailers in the book, and so we just have to be hyper vigilant about it because our connections are so critical to our mental health, our physical health, and we hope that that book, the book, has sounded the alarm on just how crucial all this is.
0: So that's phenomenal, uh, phenomenal there. And I think this is a great time for our, an excerpt uh, here. Are you prepared, right?
1: Yes, I did. So this is from the introduction of Connectable. If you or your team is experiencing loneliness, you are not alone. A colossal 72% of global workers feel lonely at least monthly, with 55% saying they feel lonely weekly. The impact of loneliness is stark. Loneliness, share, excuse me, loneliness shaves 15 years off a person's life, an eye-popping statistic that should motivate all of us, from individuals to business leaders to policymakers, to address the issue. In the workplace, employee productivity, loyalty, collaboration, engagement all decrease when employers are lonely, when employees are lonely. Reducing isolation is good business. of leaders say that their teams are growing lonelier while working remotely. And leaders can sense the escalating loneliness among their teams, but they haven't had a resource to how to handle it until now. And then I'm going to jump forward and share one other uh, paragraph here briefly. If we were successful in seeking isolation, nothing would exist, right? The book you read, the phone you check, the building you sit in, the car you drive in, All came into existence because of a group of people came together to build it. Nothing of significance is ever created alone. Together we dream, we build, and we prosper. We seek each other, we help each other, we heal each other, we build together, we grow together, and ultimately we thrive together.
0: That's amazing. I I love that in chills over here on my end. That was beautiful. We learn together, we grow together, we heal together. Amazing. Why that excerpt? Why did you choose that?
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> it was hard to choose from. I feel like that there's there's so many awesome stories that we put in the book, anywhere from ATMs to grizzlies to astronauts to uh, sea lions. There's all these wild. We looked at uh, Red Sox fans, and we took uh, the origin of loneliness has a direct line to cocaine. So there is a, a lot of really interesting stories to unpack. Uh, so it was hard to choose, but I think. I just kind of wanted to with that expert ex or give the impression that, you know, we are social creatures and we are we are stronger and better together and the research that really stood out to my co-author and I when we wrote the book was that when we experience exclusion, it's processed in our brain the same as if we got physically hit. So so many of us are feeling disconnected and isolated these days. And we're trying to show up for our families. We're trying to show up for our team members or deliver for our clients and customers. And it's as if we're getting socked in the gut, right? Because we have this low hum of isolation in the back of our mind. So we can't, we're not able to show up fully for all those folks that we need to. So we've got to understand this. We've got to get our hands around this and we've got to be able to do something about it. And I think work is the best place to address it. And I think leaders in the best position to, to address it as well and i just thought that short excerpt hopefully made that uh underscored some of that
0: what are some things that you hope or some some key takeaways uh, that readers uh take away from this book from connectable
1: yeah the, f- the first big one as i mentioned is loneliness isn't the absence of people it's the absence of connection the other big one is loneliness isn't shameful it's a signal just like hunger is our signal to go eat something Loneliness is our biological cue that we belong together, and so it's useful, and that's why it has stuck around in humanity because it is a useful emotion. We just have to get better about identifying it and then equipping ourselves with ways in which to combat it, right, and to go forge those connections. And then I think the other thing that's really important, uh, well, two things. One, it only takes you to start creating more belonging and connection, right? Uh, if you ask psychologists what's the best way to reduce isolation or loneliness, and they would tell you it's pro-social behaviors. And when we extend pro-social behaviors to others, so that would be things like you know appreciation and empathy and kindness, um, people are 278% more likely to go uh, reciprocate those pro-social behaviors with somebody else. Um, so we're not talking about wide sweeping corporate change or culture change or convincing leaders or this, you know, investing in human capital software, none of that needs to happen. We just need to find these subtle ways to continuously connect with others. Because oh my goodness, it is, as we identify in the book, and prove it with research, it is the core human need that we have. It's not the most urgent, because we all got to feed and hydrate and shelter ourselves. But it has been proven that the what contributes the most to our uh, long and healthy lives is quality relationships. So we've got to be vigilant about uh, doing these connections. Uh, so pro-social behavior is important. The final thing I would say is it takes a lot less than, than you might think to, to create connection. Uh, in fact, the research says 40 seconds is as, 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 as little as it can take to actually create a connection with somebody else. So next time you're in an elevator riding with some, a random stranger, that's plenty of time to actually create a, a restorative connection where both of you feel better in that exchange.
0: That's phenomenal. Uh, you you've kind of just answered this question uh, for me, but I was going to ask you. Uh, of course, we know that COVID nineteen excuse me I'm too excited has completely disrupted everything, right? Uh, and of course, people millions are working from home, and you know what? Actually, now millions millions of people excuse me are now returning to the office. We're seeing with the great uh, return to work, right? For HR leaders and Maybe even organizations who aren't sure how to uh, improve engagement and, and get their team connected, and of course, um, drive productivity because that's what we all want at the end of the day. We have to have an engaged and produ- productive uh, team. Where would they start? Any advice there?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's you know the hundreds of clients that that we work with on this topic, and and all the events that that uh, I speak at. I mean, everyone's trying to figure this out, right? And some organizations want everybody back in the office and, you know, that's not necessarily going to work for everybody. Everybody and others are doing fully remote and others are in between. And again, the, the the loneliness isn't the absence of people. So you can still create a very strong and highly connected team fully virtually. It takes a little bit more intentionality, right? And we got to work a little bit harder to make sure that we are consistently hearing each other and we're, we're, we're connecting with the human behind the job. Um, but those are, those are still environments that you can connect, but just know that it's not going to happen naturally. Like we, you can't just expect everybody to come back to the office and everyone's going to all of a sudden connect. Like we have to grease those wheels. We have to be intentional about it because our brain actually misleads us. We think that we'll be less, uh, satisfied or less, our our being won't be improved that much by connecting with others. There's a study that we unpack in the book where it's just that, and that's just not true. We, we are more healthy and we're more satisfied after we spend time connecting with others. So we have to be very intentional about it. And the last thing I'd say about this conversation, the, the big contributor to a, a lot of our isolation and loneliness right now is we're choosing convenience over connection. So the example we use in the book is we use the analogy of an ATM, right? And actually, this, this week I was speaking at a conference and I was talking about this analogy of the ATM and there was a woman in the crowd and afterwards, she came up and spoke to me, and she said, "Ryan, I was actually a bank teller at a bank before we had the ATM, and she's like, it was like a party every Friday. We, you know, people would come with their paycheck, and everyone was connecting and conversing. And she's like, it was wonderful. The day the ATM got installed, it all went away, and they they lost track of those people, and that social uh, connection vanished. And there's a lot of ATMs in their lives now, whether it be." Meal delivery, or artificial intelligence, or mobile banking, or there's all these subtle things that, as humans, we gravit we gravitate towards the convenience because it's the we'll follow the path of least resistance, and often what's getting sacrificed is connection, and so we have to be really intentional about making sure that we're fighting for more connection because if not, we will retreat into our dark corners of the world, and we will be disgruntled, and we'll be ill, and we'll be frustrated. Uh, and we won't we'll pick our head up and be like, how would we got here? And it's all of these subtle little decisions of choosing convenience over connection. And I think that's a lot of what's happening right now is we're choosing remote work because it's convenient and we need to be careful about it. So I'm not saying don't do it because it's forever on the table, but I'm saying we have to make sure that we have to ask this question: where can I trade convenience for connection? So that might be trading. You know that might be trading the convenience of a commute so that you can have an in-person meeting or a, a one day in the office with the whole team, and you know, we, we've got to, we've got to ring the bell on this because we just we're, we're wildly underestimating how much we need human connection, uh, and I think too many organizations are trying to strong arm folks coming back when I think they need to be educating them with the content in the book, right? We need to let people know that no connection is so important that here's why we're going to prioritize it and here's how we're going to do just that.
0: Absolutely. I love that. That's amazing. That's amazing, Ryan. And that was, well, I have one more question for you and it's a final question. Uh, But before that, is there anything that you'd like to highlight or, or talk about with the book that we haven't
1: Um, Yeah, I would love for everyone to check out the book. Um, Again, it's been resonating with so many folks. I think it'll resonate with you. You can go to lesslonely.com. That's the mothership. And so we wrote the book. It's got a ton of resources. We interviewed 50 leaders and we've got all their examples in there. So it's super practical. Um, But we also created um, a lot of other resources to help organizations. The one I think that would be most useful for this uh, HR audience is we created the Team Connection Assessment. So this is the world's first empirically validated uh, assessment that actually will quantify how strongly connected your team is. So it measures how strongly connected they are to their te- their team members, to their manager and to the organization itself. And we worked with researchers out of Harvard and University of Canterbury and the University of Alabama. And so we're, we just are thrilled with that resource because it's finally giving folks a, a place to start, right? They don't know. Like, I don't know if my team's connected and this is a way to do just that. So uh, that can be found at lesslonely.com as well.
0: I love that. I love that. Thank you for that. And my final question for you, Ryan here. What does your next chapter look like?
1: The next chapter, yeah, we, the you know, the honeymoon phase for the books kind of ended. Um you know, you they say that first month when the book comes out, that's when the media is just is clamoring and they they want to hear about the book and they they you know, they want to promote it and that's has sunsetted. So now it's on us to start really pushing the book even more and so we're looking at getting into some international markets because we just think there's a there's this is an international conversation and then uh, yeah we're we're, we're, you know I've been speaking all month I've got 23 engagements this month so we're doing all kinds of uh, speaking around the book and we are helping a ton of clients with it. I've got some ideas I'm not quite ready to share for a second uh, the follow-up book but I love getting in front of audiences and working with clients. Cause that's where we start to hear from the market, right? We start to hear what's really resonating or what are, what are some of the gaps? What do people still need help with? And then we can take that and build other resources or, um, you know, write other content that's going to help folks. So we're, that's kind of the next phase is to really start getting out and getting in front of folks and interacting and kind of hearing what other resources we might need to, to help, to help folks out.
0: Absolutely. That's amazing. I love that in 23, 23- gigs, if you will. I hope you have enough water on hand uh, throughout the time <laughs> to keep you hydrated. Uh, to keep right. going, with that. That's amazing. Uh, but amazing things in the pipeline and of course, My well wishes for that and Connectable is certainly a great book and again, Ryan, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time.
1: Thanks, Bianca. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at HR Pages. We're also now available on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. Again, I'm Bianca Heron. Join us next time when we turn the page.